In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. And so got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Indeed and by Bet Online. So obviously we've covered a bunch of stuff this week. We've gone over head coaching candidates. We've gone over general manager candidates. We hit the mailbag where y'all had a ton of questions. So today's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, probably a lot shorter of an episode just kind of want to hit on a couple things players said today. Also, maybe just a few things that you might see different or hear about that are different from Daryl Bevel's kind of start of his run here. And so we'll be in and out pretty quick today for you. And then tomorrow we should have our typical beat writer preview because, you know, there is a game being played on Sunday between a team that was a complete tire fire and a team that's becoming a tire fire in the Bears and hopefully have a couple of things scheduled it looks like one thing is definitely going to happen for next week that I think y'all will appreciate and hopefully learn something from when it comes to all of this coaching search and GM search stuff and working on a couple of other things as well but let's just jump in a little bit here so players other than Matthew Stafford did talk today for the first time, I thought two of the most interesting things came from Justin Coleman and from Taylor Decker. So this from Justin Coleman, he was asked just straight away, do you think that this team needed a change? And he didn't say no. He didn't say yes. He said, quote, I feel like I'm with whatever, not to sound cliche, but I'm with whatever move the organization makes because at the end of the day, you're going to have to get it done in some type of way. And the way we was handling things obviously wasn't going the way we wanted it to. End quote. So then he was asked whether players were campaigning internally or not. He did pause for a second. He said, nah, we were just doing our job. He also got into a little bit of, and I asked him this about how you like basically explain this situation to your people. Because Coleman, like many other Lions players, depending on who comes in, could be a guy who could be in danger of losing his job depending on what this thing looks like. So I asked about how do you explain that to people? Quote, everybody have questions. Whenever change happens, everybody wants to know what's going on and what's going to happen now. I got to keep my family in their comfort zone because obviously everybody's asking multiple questions. Well, what does it do for you? So I just kind of be the peacemaker around. I say peacemaker, but it's really, I really have to make peace by the situation because, you know, it's rather serious, you know. 
end quote. And then so I asked him, well, what does peacemaker mean? And he said, quote, just settling everything down, making sure everything doesn't get all out of control or rah-rah. You know, when things change, people don't know what to do. So you got to kind of settle the situation down. End quote. So he said that it's still happening, but he joked that that's always happening. He's always kind of playing the peacemaker a little bit, but it kind of gives you a little bit of insight to what this is like for players. And I think that that gets overlooked a little bit and it's talked about very much on the surface level, but I thought Justin Coleman was pretty honest about that. Uh, The other thing that I thought was interesting was what Taylor Decker said about Daryl Bevel and how they addressed how, how, tell how Daryl Bevel addressed the team and that was that he basically said he wanted everybody to come in there fresh and quote of the mindset we still have something to play for we're only two games out try to be able to get a wild card spot there's still a lot to play for and if you can't get excited go out there and try to win then I mean do you have a pulse end quote there was more to that quote from Taylor Decker but I thought the fact that Daryl Bevel basically is still telling them they have something to play for is a departure in a couple of ways. First, Matt Patricia and even Jim Caldwell before that would hardly ever address anything beyond like the next game. So if Daryl Bevel hinted at all about kind of, hey, big picture here, that is a departure. And I kind of like that. I think it's refreshing and just honest and provides some motivation. Two, he isn't wrong that there are two games out. Obviously, there's a long way to go. And their schedule, as we know, in the last month and change here is – uh not easy. So still maintain it's a real long shot. But the fact that he's still bringing this up with his players, I think, is an interesting tack to take. And we'll see kind of how they come out here on Sunday. I'm really intrigued to see what happens. Now, of course, it looks like they might be shorthanded with that. They did put Desmond Trufant and Danny Shelton on injured reserve today. Kenny Galladay did not practice again, which... Leads you to wonder if he's going to play on Sunday against the Bears in Chicago, a place where, you know, he usually likes to try and play well since that's his hometown. DeAndre Swift did practice, but on a limited basis. Jeff Okuda did not practice with a shoulder injury. So the Lions are in trouble a little bit at corner because right now you're starting corners on probably Amani Awarie and Justin Coleman on the outside. And then you kind of figure out what to do in the slot now Mike Ford did practice fully from a concussion so that is a good sign that he would be available and Daryl Roberts did start practicing he is still technically on injured reserve but if he's playing well or if he's practicing well they could theoretically activate him by the end of the week if they wanted to so there is some help coming but it is a pretty shallow group right now if you're the Lions and I don't know how great you feel about that if you are Detroit based off of what you're kind of looking at. So that's going to be something to watch throughout the week. Obviously, you know, maybe kind of what happens at receiver too, because if Kenny Galladay doesn't play, does that mean more stuff for Mohamed Sanu, who's now on the active roster because he got picked up? Or does that mean more work for Jamal Agnew in the slot, even though Danny Amendola looks like he's coming back. Or what does that mean for Quintez Cephas, who also didn't practice today with the, you know, nothing football related. So, or not injury related, rather. So, that's going to be interesting to watch. But we'll be back right after this break with some things that I think you might see that look a little bit different under Daryl Bevel. and, And what that could mean for at least the rest of this season 
and maybe even going forward here right after the break. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over, much to the happiness of probably everybody. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. That's right, no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new New way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Faster than even Matt Prater's 59-yard field goal went through the uprights. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And football, as we have seen, is very much back in full swing. And you might not be at a game this year. Only 500 or so people can be in Lions games over the last couple of home games. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use that promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us as always. Listen, I know y'all want to talk coaching search and GM search, but right now there's only so much going on and there's a long runway for this. So I'm trying to space it out a little bit, but we will obviously talk about coaches and GMs and everything involved with those things more and more as we go. And obviously as we get closer to things, and things kind of start to play out a little bit more. But I want to hit a little bit today about what might change under Daryl Bevel. Now, Daryl Bevel obviously was a little bit coy on Monday with some of that, saying you'll have to just wait and see. Corey Unglin, very similarly, when I asked him if things might change, he said, you know, you'll see on Sunday, which, again, smart move. You don't want to lay out your entirety of your plan 
for the Bears, who at least have some familiarity with what you've been doing so far. But I don't know. Here it's just some thoughts I have, and, and it's just speculative thoughts. So understand that when I say it. I think the offense is going to actually have a really good day on Sunday against the Bears. I think they're going to be really effective on Sunday. I think Daryl Bevels is going to kind of just go for it a little bit more. The fact that he's head coach and play caller on offense gives him a little bit more you know, leeway, leeway because we don't know how much truly Matt Patricia was, you know, wanting him to be conservative. We just know that that was very much his style. And we don't know what Daryl Bevel's style would be as a head coach slash coordinator. So I'd be really curious to see what that's like. Like he said on Monday that he just has to be himself. And I can tell you right now the energy is a lot different. And you can tell that from the way players are talking. I could even sense that from how practice went today. It seemed like everybody was a little bit bouncier. Uh, They did mix things up in practice. They started with more of an elongated special teams period. Or at least that's what it felt like to me. I don't go out to practice quite as much this year because of all the COVID restrictions that we with other parts of this job. So I haven't been out there every day like I usually would be. And, But that struck me as a little bit different. It was definitely different seeing kind of Daryl Bevel marching around a little bit as, as the head coach and, and seeing where he was looking and what he was looking at. But I'll be honest, it just really felt looser out there. It felt like there was this like bit of relief. And I'm wondering if that's going to manifest itself on Sunday. Um, now, we don't know if they'll have Kenny Galladay, but... To me, you know, I, I feel like this is going to be there. And, and I want to read you something that Daryl Bevel said today on Wednesday because this is really the first day he can meet with players in person. And he was asked how that team meeting went with players. He said, quote, I felt like it was one of the most important ones I was going to do. I enjoyed it. I thought the guys reacted well. I was happy to see them face to face. I could feel energy. There was excitement in the room. Hopefully I did a good job speaking to them, but really my message to them was about perspective and changing our perspective and turning that thing forward. There's no rear view mirror. We're looking forward, moving ahead. We're straight dialed in on Chicago. So that was my message, end quote. And, you know, I mean, listen, every coach is going to say that, right? But to me, it really kind of felt like, huh, you know what? I, I, I buy it because I... I've seen how players were. I mean, like we talked about a little bit on Monday uh, or for Tuesday's show that Matthew Stafford seemed a lot looser when he talked on Monday. I felt like he that was one of his better press conferences. And sure, it's a little bit different than being asked about the doom and gloom of kind of why your season's falling apart. But it just seemed like he was a little bit looser. I thought that the three guys who talked today in a lot of ways felt a little bit looser and I'll be curious to see kind of how that goes forward and what that means and all of that and whether that can translate on the field. Because I thought that there was a chance that some of what Patricia built this offseason with kind of rallying around social justice issues and and really bringing the team together that way, I I thought that that was going to translate a little bit on the field too. Obviously, it did not. So take all of that with a grain of salt. But... I think on the field, you're going to see maybe a more aggressive style. I think you could see maybe some more downfield shots like you did when 
they were playing last year. You could see maybe more vintage type of 2019 Matthew Stafford. Now, if Kenny Galladay doesn't play, that makes it really difficult to do. But they still do have Marvin Jones. They do have a speed burner in Marvin Hall. Quintez Cephas, if he does play, is a possession guy. They do have two capable slot receivers. And he does have DeAndre Swift, and he does have TJ Hawkinson. So there are weapons there. I'll just be curious to see how he uses them and maybe deploys them differently. I'll also be curious to see how much he runs the ball and runs the ball on early downs because obviously that was very much a criticism of Daryl Bevel here this season and kind of run-run with Peterson. I'll be curious to see how much they use Peterson versus Swift if Swift plays uh, versus carry-on. Like all those things are really intriguing to me of how all of that goes because I think there will be tweaks and there will be questions. And because it is Bevel's offense, I think that he's just going to maybe go to a different portion of this playbook maybe this weekend to kind of take advantage of some stuff. Defensively, however, I thought this was an injury. Corey Udlin, and we talked about it, I think, a little bit yesterday. You know, he said that he was never felt held back by Matt Patricia, and, you know, he felt like he was able to run everything that he wanted to. But I thought this was interesting, too. Bevel was asked if he'd be overseeing the defensive game plan or if Corey Udlin would be running it. Um, or I guess really even more so just kind of what that was going to look like under Udlin. And this is what he said, quote, it's fun to be in those meetings, meaning the defensive meetings. Like I said, they're different guys over there. The mindset of defensive players and offensive players are different. So it's fun to be in there. Like I said early, I have a lot of respect for Corey from the day he walked in here. I felt like we almost had an immediate kinship anyway. So our conversations have been great. They've been easy. They've been free flowing. So we're just down there before I came up here talking about the game plan and what he's talking about doing. I would definitely be informed. Like, But like I said, I want him to feel free to do what he thinks is best for our players to put them in the best situations to be successful because he knows how those guys, he knows those guys inside and out right now. So it sounds like it's going to be complete Corey Unla control. I, I'm really curious even more so than any changes on the offense there's not going to be big changes because the scheme is still the scheme and you can't change scheme. But I'll be curious to see how aggressive they are and what they dial up. Because let's be real, Matt Patricia has did say over and over that they had every coverage in the book and they could play every coverage. Well, they were playing coverages that largely failed when Matt Patricia was the head coach. Well, maybe Corey Woodland has different ideas and I'll be curious to see what that defense looks like. And it's an interesting test, I think, as well against Mitchell Trubisky because we all know that Trubisky has been, was a Matt Patricia killer when he played the Lions under Patricia. Like it was just, it went really, really poorly for the Lions and really, really well for Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that's going to be something to watch because all of a sudden if their defense can solve him all, maybe you kind of say, well, wait a minute. Why didn't you do this earlier? And, oh, yeah, maybe Matt Patricia was the issue there. Now, I'll be curious to see, like I said, what all of that entails, what all of that looks like. I also wonder whether or not now they may be forced in some situations to do this, particularly on offense, particularly at receiver, but how much maybe they start playing some younger players, particularly playing Jamal Agnew maybe over Danny Amendola or making sure you get work in for Quintez Cephas to start to try and develop those players a little bit more. Now, I anticipate Daryl Bevel is going to go for it, but Bevel knows these pieces really well, and I'll be curious to see what maybe snap count look, snap count things look different if there are certain guys he wants to play a little bit more. Again, all these things are kind of unknowns a little bit because – 
it is in the middle of the season. Also, everything's being done over Zoom meetings as far as like media stuff. So there isn't really a lot of ability to have conversations either off on the side or with people away from cameras that's not recorded where a lot of times you get the information. So some of this understand is speculative, but it would not shock me if the offense comes out way more aggressive than we have seen it over the last, you know, year and a half or so. And maybe it looks a little bit more like what Daryl Bevel did on Thanksgiving or what Daryl Bevel did a lot last year. Because remember, he had no problem throwing in trick plays. I mean, he threw in a flea flicker to start the game against the Packers on Monday Night Football. You know, he took a 75-yard shot on Thanksgiving with David Blau to Kenny Galladay on the first play against the Bears. So Galladay obviously is a key to all of this, and if they're able to get him back, then that's a big bonus. But even if they don't, I feel like Daryl Bevel might open up the playbook because I think he knows this, you know, has to win games, wants to win games, they all want to win games. But Daryl Bevel also has that great thing of there's – very little to lose because I think people believe what the roster is what it is, especially on defense. That roster is not going to magically improve. Even if guys come back from injury, even if guys get healthier, it's not like this is going to be a roster that improves massively. So I think he's just going to go for it. That's that's the vibe I've gotten from him and how he's talking. I just think he's going to go for it, and that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, I know it's obviously more game-centric and Daryl Bevel-centric, but we'll have a lot more to talk about tomorrow with our guest, J.J. Stankovitz, who covers the Bears and their current situation. And we'll preview the game a little bit and kind of some other things in there. And then obviously on Monday, we'll be back with what happened. And we're going to probably dissect a lot of what, uh, you know, what Daryl Bevel did differently and what was done the same and, and what all of that could mean for really what was holding this team back if or if anything at all was really holding them back or they are what they are. So all going to be really interesting stuff. want to thank you all for listening. If you feel so inclined, drop us a note. Uh, drop us you know a five-star review if you'd like, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, download, all of that. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. On Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And we will talk with you tomorrow.